Welcome back, Howlers. Teenagers are such a mess. What do you mean? They're way too stressed, are way too sleep deprived, and load up on caffeine. They also eat like trash. Wow, you're really worked up about this, aren't you? Yes! If we only knew how to take better care of ourselves. And by us, I mean me. Um, you do remember we have the health and wellness system specialist high skills major, right? Oh yeah! We actually spoke to Ms. Rice about a health and wellness schism and what it consists of. Oh, then after that, we will be interviewing Grant about his experience at a mock trial. <sighs> what did he do this time? Don't worry. It was just for educational purposes. After Grant's interview, Luca will be teaching Mr. Coquel about Akinator the Genie and all its cool tricks. So enjoy the show, Howlers, and we'll be back at the end for Howlouts. Okay, so me and Luca are here with Miss Rice, the co-lead of the Heel Shazam, and we're just going to ask her some questions about this SHSM. So, how are you doing, Mrs. Rice? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. We're all good. Now, to start off with our first question, we want to ask you, what exactly is Heels? So Heels is an SHSM program, uh, which is a specialist high skills major program from the Ministry of Education. And uh, our H-E-A-L-S stands for Healthy Eating, Active Living, and Sports. So you've probably been doing the program for a long time now, but when did Heels start? So we started probably in about uh, 2012. So the preparation for our SHSM program started probably in about 2011 uh, behind the scenes, but we didn't start with students until 2013. And our first graduating class was 2015. Since it's been around for a while, what exactly are the goals of HEALS? By joining HEALS, what do you want to accomplish? Our goal as teacher facilitators of the program is to provide opportunities for students to gain experience and, and some real-life experiences in the health and wellness field. So exposing students to as many different career paths and reach ahead opportunities as possible in order for them to have a better idea of what they're going to do post-secondary. Mm, yeah, as a student in the program, it's my first year, but I really like all the um, all the different stuff that we do and it's really been informative. So so what are some of the trips that Heels attends? So there's, there's quite a few trips and they vary every year depending on the interest of the students. Uh, one of the most popular trips that we go on is to uh, the University of Waterloo to their human cadaver lab or the human anatomy lab. Um, some other trips that we've done are doing a group dynamic certification at Cedar Glen, which is an outdoor ed facility. We head to many different colleges and universities to tour their campuses and participate in different uh, opportunities at their campus. We've also gone to different health facilities to have speakers come in, so physiotherapists, chiropractors, nurses, doctors, um, a whole wide variety of different trips. Well, because you've been on so many trips, what would you say is the best trip or your favorite trip? My personal favorite trip would have to be the cadaver lab as well. I know the students love it and it's it's really interesting to hear the passion that comes from the students and to see the difference and the, the amount of growth that happens in just a couple hours from the students prior to the experience and then the way that they, they speak about anatomy and, um, and their experience 
post trip. Uh, another trip that that I didn't have the opportunity to go on this year, but I know had some very good feedback is the party program at Sunnybrook Hospital, which is a program focused on trauma. And so everything from when a trauma occurs uh, all the way through the hospital and clinical setting right into the rehabilitation center. So they had a chance to not only see uh, Sunnybrook Hospital, but also to head over to Lindhurst, which is a rehabilitation center in Toronto. The, the students had great feedback. Yeah, that was a really good trip. It was super eye-opening, and we got to see so many things that you wouldn't see in the classroom. And so you're saying that you kind of see students grow throughout it, so throughout the trip. So do you see, do you see a lot of, like, transformation in um, the program or, like, their interests by the end? Mm-hmm. Do they change a lot? They do. Uh, one of the things I like to have the students do is reflect when they first apply to the program. We have them identify what they think that they want to do when they graduate. And then it's really interesting to see how much that changes over the course of two years, uh, just with the experiences they have with HEALS. It's nice to have that growth uh, and development in high school, as opposed to when they're spending a lot of money post-secondary and kind of realizing halfway through a post-secondary program that it might not be exactly what they wanted. Now, my next question is, what kind of time commitments are there when you're doing when you're doing heels? Like, how much do you have to devote or be committed to the program? As a student, we tend to to suggest that it works out to be about a, a day a month over the course of ten months. So, ten total days throughout the year. Some months are heavier than other months, but it works out to be about that. Another part of the time commitment is we ask that all students sign up for the PAI uh, Individual and Small Group Activities course, which is uh, what we call our anchor course in grade 11. And it's where we have a chance to see students first semester at the beginning of the day for the entire first semester of their grade 11 year so that we can um, do a lot of the certifications and reach ahead opportunities without pulling students from classes. All right, so the next thing we we're going to talk about is um, talking about all the trips and how they tend to change their minds. So what kind of careers would someone in HEALS pursue? So the HEALS uh, careers would really just fall under all health and wellness career paths, and, and there's plenty that fall under that umbrella. Uh, for students who are more university-bound, we have anything from a doctor, a chiropractor, nutritionist, um, sometimes dentists, teachers, dietitians, and then someone who might be more college-bound or workplace-bound. We have students who are interested in personal training, lifeguards, fitness instructors, paramedics, massage therapists. Really, the list goes on and on with so many different career paths. Okay, so what kind of certifications come with HEALS? So the certifications are broken down into two different areas. The compulsory certifications, there are four of them. The first one is standard first aid, CPRC. Sorry, standard first aid is one. CPRC and AED training is another. Uh, Infection control and WIMIS. Those are the four compulsory certifications. And then we ask that students complete at least three certifications that are electives. And some of those are group dynamics, leadership, customer service, taping and wrapping, There's a whole list that are on the Ministry of Education website if you're interested in looking at those. 
Now, what kind of co-op opportunities are best involved when you do heels? So we've had a lot of different co-op opportunities. Um, Mrs. McCauley really is the, the master of this because she's the teacher at Humberview that, that deals most with co-op. But a lot of our students have gone into placements at physiotherapy clinics in Bolton. We've had students at the Albion Farm. We've had students working in a veterinarian clinic, as well as one of my favorites is the, are the students that work at the hospital clinical setting. So you said the hospital clinical, the hospital setting was your, one of your favorites, but is there any that students maybe haven't tried out yet that you would suggest for them to do? My best advice for that is for students to explore the opportunities that interest them and the various career um, careers that exist within our community. Uh, we can really make connections with any community partner. It's just a matter of knowing what they want to experience and then reaching out and making those connections in the community. All right, and for our last question, how would someone apply to HEALS? So the application process comes out right when uh, course selection starts. And if you're interested in applying for HEALS I and you have more questions, feel free to stop by the phys ed office and talk to myself, Ms. Rice, or Mr. Campbell. Additionally, you can always pop into guidance and speak with Mrs. McCauley. She can help you with the application process, which I believe is uh, being done online through my blueprint with course selection. Uh, Mrs. McCauley will have more information about that. All right, so what factors are you guys really considering? We're looking for students who are really uh, mature and uh, willing to devote their time to the program, as well as being committed. Uh, our biggest frustration is our students who start the program and take the opportunity away from somebody else and then realize that it's not something that they can handle. Uh, it is a big commitment, and, and there are a lot of days out of the classroom. Uh, however, we feel that they are great experiences and they just further help the learning that's happening within the classroom. So just planning ahead, people who, who can have good time management and communication skills. All right, so thank you so much for coming out, Ms. Rice, and we're just gonna go on to our next segment. I'm Victoria and I'm here with Celine and today we are going to be interviewing our producer Grant on his experience at the Mock Bale Trier. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> Hi Grant. So what is a Mock Bale Trial? Um, so basically it is kind of like they go through all the processes of a normal trial only it's doesn't like it, it has technically it was probably on record somewhere but it wasn't kept on legal record, it isn't real, and the case is kind of made up for practice. Um, as, like, there are different stages in a trial, in, like, someone's hearing, like, you have um, the trial, which is closer to the end, you have, like, your first appearance court, then there's the bail trial, which is deciding whether or not you will be held in uh, imprisonment, kind of. I the, the word escapes me. Whether or not you will be held in cell until the ending of your trial, or if you'll be let into society under certain bail conditions. Um, this is, like, measured by certain things that are brought up about the case. Like, very commonly, 
like the severity of what happened and what you're being tried for. So like um, someone who's has um, good reason for like good evidence for um, committing a murder, they usually will not get let back out because it's it, they're a danger to society, the threat that they pose. But if all they did was um, I don't have a good example on hand. I but what it comes to mind is theft. Although it was like if it was like a summary summary offense theft, which is like under six thousand dollars, under five, two thousand dollars. My bad. Um, then they won't get particularly held in because it's not a, like enough offense to society. So who went to this? Um, well, it's a what, what happened was more of a. Um, school competition. So there were lots of different schools uh, all across Peel going to the Ontario Supreme Court of Justice, uh, including our school, who uh, we had a team built up of classmates in uh, the grade 11 law class. Yes. <laughs> okay, so where was the mo- mock bail trial head? Um, the Ontario Supreme Court of Justice is uh, in Brampton. I could not tell you the address. I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> so the course that gave you the opportunity to go, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you guys learn? Oh, it's the course is the course is amazing. It's um, it's built up with day to day. You'll learn about a whole bunch of different laws. You'll kind of acquaint yourself with. Um, what is legal and what is not, and then they touch on more um, supreme offenses and like um, the higher um, staples in our legal system, like the charter, like human rights. You have there are lots of things that prepare you alongside a whole bunch of things like uh, the processes and just um, like straight criminal law, like the like the books that are written, Canadian criminal uh, criminal code of justice, and it's. It's just it's a really good course because like it sets you up with everything that you need to be just become more practical in its use. So even if you don't pursue it as a career, it kind of gives you like stable footing to be a member in society in our society, like the Canadian laws and what actually impacts you. You sound like you enjoy this class. I, I yes, <laughs> so <laughs> very much so. Definitely recommend it for anyone. Um. Yeah, I, I think that if law is something that could actually pique your interest, if, like, you hear that someone, um, like, someone's trial just ended, like, a celebrity was on for something, and when you hear they got away with something, like, and, like, you actually genuinely feel inclined to ask questions about it, like, you like learning about that thing, if you're ever really intrigued by that, I think it's really a good course. It like it doesn't just touch on things that are extremely important for those who plan to be a lawyer, like, it once again, also sets you up with what you need to know. Like, you need to know your own rights. You need to know what you're, like, what you're permitted to do, your freedoms, your rights, like, all of those things. And, like, it's not only used for those who are wanting to be a lawyer or a judge or an attorney or crown attorney. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's open, and I definitely recommend it. So going back to the mock bail trial, while there, you guys had the opportunity to try both sides. You were both the defense and the crown attorney. Yeah. Um, which did you prefer, and like, what was that like? Oh, um, I mean, my role played was the role of a witness. So it wasn't... When you, when you were in that role, you do not um, play the witness for both sides. 
you only play the witness for the defense's side, and then when you switch sides, then it's their defense uses their witnesses. So, like, when you're the crown attorney, you're cross-examining whoever they have up. I guess I was it was way more um, hands-on and intriguing when we were the defense, though I think I like the role of the crown attorney more simply because the cross-examining is, like, the most satisfying thing when done properly. It's, it's like a rush of, a, like, just dopamine through your entire system. It's so great. So what did you guys learn while there? Um, I actually, there was, there was one thing that was said to me, and this is, this isn't exactly something that is, let me, let me, let me collect my thoughts real quick. It is, it's kind of a perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, while we were, when we just finished one of our, uh, cases, where we just finished one of our, you know, um, competes, we had then been given pointers from the judge at the time, who was um, an acting, um, what's the word, crown attorney. So, like, his job is actually a crown attorney, but for the purpose of the event, he supplied his day to the competition. And he gave us pointers, and he gave us, he, he kind of touched on what it means to cross-examine and what it is really like. And um, the perspective that he gave us was when you are cross-examining a witness, it is basically you trying to falsely lead them into security, full knowing that what you're doing is setting them up the whole time. So you are walking up the steps to the gallows until you eventually pull out the floor from under them. So each time you ask a question, you're leading them up another step. Every time you're setting them more up, you're getting them higher, you're putting them more into position, and they feel like these steps aren't really yet the threat. Like, they don't know that they are walking up these steps. They have, they have the um, potato sack over their head. They have no idea where you're leading them. But then once you get up to the top, you then ask them a question that may contradict the first question you asked. So you, you say, um, so you feel confident that this person is... Um, completely wholesome, and uh, you and you definitely know of this person. Am I correct? And then they would say yes. So then you ask them questions that um, lead the events of the day. And then at the end of the day, so would you say that how you acted would suggest that you actually know about how this person really is? And like you just pull the floor out from under them. You you re- reference back to your first question. You you don't have to, but that's like a very common formula, and when you'd use that one, it really works. And it, it it's very, like I said earlier, a dopamine rush. So, did the opportunity light a path sort of towards a possible career in the future? Uh, I would say so. It was, it was definitely encouraging, uh, to say the least. Are you thinking of going into a law-related field? I am working on it. <laughs> um... I, I don't know. I, I have, because when you try to become a lawyer, it isn't um, like you don't just graduate high school and go into law school. You need to do at least two years of a post secondary, and most people do go for a bachelor's and then um, do their LSATs. But like you know, there's obviously um, 
There isn't just one middleman between me and becoming a lawyer. There's there's a number of things I have to do. You do your um, high school diploma. Then you do your post-secondary for at least two years. Usually do your bachelor's. Um, and then you do your LSATs, where then you go to law school. And then after that, you do your bar exam. And then you can become a practicing lawyer. But you have, don't even have a name yet. Then you have to actually win. <laughs> you have to be good after that. So... And, of course, our last question is, would you recommend going to a mock bail trial? Um, well, I think it really comes down to, like, I, I wouldn't suggest it if it doesn't, if you're not, if you don't have a team, if you have no reason to be there, no. But, like, if you're in a law class, if you have a passion for it, if you think that your argument is right, if you're slightly headstrong and argumentative, <laughs> if you're the kind of person to disagree, <laughs> then I think it's great. It really, like, winning is the best feeling, especially when you're arguing with someone. And this just, it's, it's a really good opportunity to kind of get into those shoes before becoming, like, you know, an actual lawyer. It, like, yeah, it, it sets you up, and it's a, it's a good experience. Were you just describing yourself there? Yes. Headstrong, <laughs> argumentative? Yes. <laughs> Um, I think that's all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for being part of this interview. Thank you for having me. Learned a lot. Hello, and welcome to Mr. Kakel is Old, the, uh, the show where I uh, mine the cultural relevance of my students and recognize that they will eventually dominate and replace me. Uh, I'm here with Luca, who's going to tell me a little bit about an app that has become somewhat popular amongst the, the teenagers that I've never heard of. Uh, Luca, what, what is this app called? Well, I'm here today to tell you about this thing called Akinator the Genie that I thought you'd get a kick out of. Did you find a lamp or something? <laughs> no, but I hear you're a man of pop culture. Is that true? Oh, yes, it's very true. Although, obviously, I'm rapidly aging out of the demographic that people root for, so you, I'm going to have to uh, acknowledge the fact that I don't know what you're talking about. What is Akinator the Genie? Well, Akinator the Genie is any kind of app you get in the App Store, but it's a game, but not really a game. There's no goal to win. Instead, there's an AI called Akinator. He's a, he's a genie character that is a, a bot inside of the game, and he asks you to pick a character, any character from anything that sort of comes to mind, like, let's say, Spider-Man or Darth Vader or anyone from pop culture that you may know. And once you've had this character in your head, it'll ask you a series of questions, such as, does your character wear funny shoes or does your character have red hair? Things like that. and Okay. Yeah. So the idea is, is that it is going to try and read my mind. Yep. That this is a mind-reading genie. Yep. Okay. Uh, are a lot of people play, playing with this app? Did it become big recently, or is this something that, uh, that you sort of recently came upon yourself? Well, the game itself exploded around in 2010-11, but it sort of gained a pretty good cultural standpoint on the App Store. So it's one of those apps you'll come around that always has five stars because people like that kind of thing. And pe people like to have something smarter than them, as I see it. Okay, and the idea is that this is an AI that's trying to outsmart us. Yeah. So why don't we actually try this? Uh, do you have the app in front of you there? Sure, I'll whip it out right now. All right. Uh, so what we'll, what we'll do is I'm going to think of a... Uh, 
uh, I'm, I'm going to think of a character, and we're going to see what Akinator is going to ask us here. So you, Luca, are now in the role of Akinator the genie. Ooh. So can you give us a genie voice? What's a genie voice like? I'm going to read your mind. Ah, that was very good. All right. So let's do this. All right, sir. Is your character real? No. Is your character a male? Yes. Does your character have dark hair? Yes. Does your character stand on two legs? Yes. Is your character animated? No. No. Is your character popular in a TV show? No. Is your character from a book? Yes. Does the name of your character appear in the title of a film? No. Is your character the main character in his movie? Yes. Does your character have children? No. Does your character often wear a hat? No. Does your character live in America? No. Now, has your character ever played in Lord of the Rings? Yes. Is your character an uncle? No. Is your character Frodo Baggins? That is correct. Ooh. It appears that Mr. Cockhell has been stumped and that Akinator the Genie has won. Akinator the Genie has won. I apparently, uh, and I'm rather impressed by that. It was a little bit of a walk, but uh, so... Do students play this in the halls? Like, is this uh, is this something that students are quietly doing in my classroom while I'm behind my back? What is uh, what is the application of this? Is it a party game? Well, the game is more of something you do in your free time. Some people would say it's more of a procrastination game, something you do when you're you're sitting around, you have nothing to do, and it pops up, and you probably have watched some sort of TV show or movie, and you're probably curious to see if Akinator can get it. Okay, so uh, do you find like when like when do you tend to whip out this uh, uh, this app? Like, what are the the situations that you find uh, uh, you uh, need the idle uh, preoccupation? Well, usually if I watch a movie that may be somewhat on the obscure line, so it has sort of a main character or a side character that stands out, I like to see if the if the AI can get it. So it's all about kind of trying to stump the genie. Is that yeah. the idea? Basically, the app works by sort of getting characters based on popularity of searches. It'll scour the internet based on popular characters. For example, your choice of Frodo Baggins is quite a popular character, but maybe a character from, let's say, an obscure anime would probably take much Yeah, I wasn't necessarily trying to fully uh, uh, stretch uh, Akinator's Mm. uh, uh, AI, right? Like, I didn't pick someone totally obscure, uh, uh, like something from my childhood or something like that. I actually really stressed about it because I do know that there was at one time an animated version of Lord of the Rings, so I was like, I had to Give it a moment there, because I wasn't yeah. <laughs> sure if I was, uh, if I would be messing with the system. So, what happens if Akinator uh, doesn't know the character that I'm uh, t- that I'm thinking of? So, if he doesn't know your character, what will happen is he will say, "Oh, oh, you've you've beaten me, but would you like to try again?" In that case, it'll answer. It'll ask you a series of more questions that are that are easier for it to understand in order that in order of the questions you're asking it. Well, that you're answering. But after that, um, 
If he still doesn't get it right, then a new message will appear saying, you finally bested me, and in that case, you win 200 in-game points, which will be used just to buy decals and little little items to dress up your avatars and Akinator himself, <laughs> in which the AI picture of Akinator you get to spend in-game money on and make him look nice. Interesting. And I imagine what's happening in the background of that is, is that you are teaching Akinator who your character is yes. by those questions so that Akinator gets smarter as it goes. Yeah, and another feature is that if he really doesn't understand at all who your character is, you you even have the option of punching who the name of that character, which it'll then add that character to the databank. All right. Well, thank you very much, Luca. Uh, it's a and, pleasure. Uh, it's always interesting to find out new ways that uh, uh, students are idling away their time. Final question to this. Oh, is there? Do you feel old? Yes. Yes, I do. Have a good day, Luca. New exciting show on Meme TV, Judge Genie. Here we have an exclusive preview of the first episode. Enjoy! Hello, I'm Akinator the Genie, and here we have Jordan Seafried, the defendant in a murder case. Tell me, do you plead guilty or not guilty on these charges? Not guilty, Your Honor. May I ask you some questions? Yeah, yes, Your Honor. Is the person you're thinking of blonde? No. Do they have blue eyes? Uh, no. Are they female? Yes. Did they have a blue shirt? Uh, no. Are they wearing a diamond necklace? Uh, yeah. You're thinking of the murder victim! Yes! I mean, wait, what? That settles it. The information on the victim has not been released. Therefore, you must have been the murderer. Wait, no, no I'm not! Guards, no, take I, him away! No, I didn't do anything! No, I didn't kill- No! This, as well as other exciting shows, can be found on Meme TV. Well, that's all for now, folks. We hope you enjoyed the show. Of course, we need to thank our peers and educators at the Peel District School Board that helped make our podcast possible. We can't forget about our guests this week, Ms. Rice and Grant. Also, a shout-out to our packmates, Tatum, Jacob, Logan, Ryan, Celine, Victoria, Matt, Mateo, and Luca for helping put this episode together. A special shout-out to Mr. Coquel and Grant, our producers, for helping us see through the forest through the trees. We can't forget that the Howl is a product of the Peel District School Board and Humberview. We'll be back soon with our fourth episode, but for now, you can join the conversation at HumberviewHowl.com or send us your questions and comments at feedback at HumberviewHowl.com. Our podcast was made to celebrate the achievements of Humberview students, but we're sure that there are many talented students that go under our radar. So we want you Huskies to email us with the subject Howl Out and tell us about a Humberview student who did something cool and we'll include them in our Howl Outs. Once again, the email is feedback at HumberviewHowl.com. You can also find us on Instagram at the Howl underscore and Twitter at Humberview Howl. We look forward to hearing from you. So for now, I'm Nicole. And I'm Tatum. Keep howling.